0: It's Thierry Henry. He scored. He scored for Arsenal in the bottom looks That's a shoving. Giroud played <laughs> it in the middle. Ahead again. And Ramsey arriving, and Arsenal are back in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. God, I can't even get that right. Never mind. Um, <laughs> the level of performance uh, is, is shaken not only to uh, from on the pitch, but it's all the way to the fans and even onto into the microphone. But I'll stop stuttering away. We'll crack on with the podcast. Uh, we've got Connor with us. How you doing, mate.
1: Doing very, very well. Absolute pleasure to be back again. Uh, to, to not only comment on the men's game but to comment on the women's game. So a pleasure to be here with you, Toby.
0: As per usual, I love it. I love it, and um you're joining us all the way from France as well. Very, a very committed podcast, I call this one. You know, being uh, on your skiing holiday, taking time out to, to do this. So, all for the all for the commitment of the badge, I suppose.
1: <laughs> no, my pleasure. Um, I absolutely love it, and I can tell you that the recent happenings at Arsenal hurt just as much at as, uh, at two thousand meters as they do in London. So,
0: <laughs> and uh, you've got some sore legs to prove it as well. I mean, I can imagine, but. Um, I mean, let's let's dive straight into it then. I mean, look, there's been some good news this week um that we shouldn't, you know, skirt past, but we'll we'll get into in a bit. Um, Leah Williamson getting the, the cap to England, which is enormous. Um the the men's team has had some some less good news, um, some successful international breaks and less instant, um successful international breaks. Um but uh it, it all came unraveling on the on the pitch yesterday. And um I think one of the things that I was prepared to take. Um, you know, I think we've won four or five away games on the bounce, um, which is unheard of for for a team like us for the last however long. And um, you know, I think it was really good that that we had that. And Crystal Palace away was always going to be tough. Losing some points there, losing a game is not it's not impossible, and, and certainly nothing to be to be ashamed of. Um, Man City have lost there. Spurs have lost there um you know it's, it's 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 a difficult place to go it's i guess the, the difficult thing which we'll get into in a moment is i think probably the injuries and <laughs> what this means the stage of the season and all that sort of stuff so 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 Colin, what are your sort of first first takes on it really and what was your immediate immediate reaction
1: yeah so for me it's an interesting one in terms of how we we've reacted to to this kind of defeat it's no longer a feeling that this is just typical Arsenal, we lost this way, you know, it's never going to get better. But instead, it's almost that this kind of negative reaction that we're giving is as a result of our expectations for the team now. As you said, we've Mm. won five games on the bounce, and we've been seeing such a high-level performance and digging out results when they matter. And now as a result, we've got into the situation where there's so much riding that we can actually, you know, we can literally touch Champions League football. And if we if we don't get that it'll be it'll be our own fault it'll be through our own demise through our own or through our own demise through our own actions and i think that'll that'll hurt even more so than if we were just saying okay champions league football's out the window let's uh let's just go for Europa league so i think the combination of the performances that we that we're seeing and what we've become accustomed to and the fact that champions league football is is really just there yeah. i think that that led to to my reaction of saying wow I was I was very disappointed at that performance, um, and I wish we could have we could have dug out the result that we needed. But three 0 is, is also not a very flattering scoreline at all.
0: No, it's not. It's not. And the, the, there was a lot of things going into it that that made me nervous. You know, the, the Tierney injury, which we'll get into, I'm sure. Um, obviously, Tommy Yasu not being back um, it, it created an imbalance, I guess. But um, it, it's the manner in which you lose three 0 is important. And I have to say, um, whilst there was no fight really for the first uh, 25 minutes, and, and, and not too much technical ability going within that, after an international break, um, I, I'm not saying it's excusable, and I'm really happy the managers come out and, and, and called it, you know, very called it how it was, not good enough, not blaming the ref or anything like that. We weren't good enough to win the game, but it, it, it did feel like, firstly, Palace were quite good, we were quite sloppy, but. All in all, you know, it didn't feel like a 3-0 game, and that sounds quite silly, but, you know, things like we had a higher XG, there were chances we created. Ultimately, they finished their dinner, and we didn't, and that's Mm. a much better place than where we were perhaps a year ago, where it was, we're shaky at the back, and we have got no idea what's happening up front. Yeah, we didn't even
1: have dinner to finish.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know there was a plate. Well, yeah, the plate was there and there was nothing on it in the first place. So yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, this is where it's 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 not time to panic. And you only have to look as far as North London, you know, to Spurs, who I hate to say it, their metrics have been good for quite a while. And some of the losses that they've had have, have sort of been well, actually the metrics are looking okay, and you can see now that their upturn in form is kind of measured on that. Mm. Um so so the, the game itself. Whilst it was disappointing, whilst there was a lackluster effort, and whilst it's, you know, you, all that sort of stuff, there is like kind of a compartmentalizing element to it because you can sort of go right. Well, it's after the international break. We've had a stinker. It's been away at a team who who are very difficult to go away to. Um. But <laughs> but for me, it's 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 what we come out of it feeling like, and um, the yeah. what I'm more concerned about is how the camp are going to feel about the injuries.
1: Yes. No. And. Especially, I think with injuries, what can come into it is is who gets injured. Of course, um, there's always a personal story. There's always uh, one person getting getting injured who's, who's in quote unquote more important to the team than than others. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially with this one, Tierney getting injured and not having that presence and uh, you know stirring the pot a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. that potential future captain uh, on the pitch with you is is a tough one um it's you're going to look to that side and you're not going to see someone that you'd usually play with you know i think we've played the same same team for the last five or six matches or, or even more yeah and yeah. that's been key i always remember chelsea's title winning season under conte they played the same team for like 20 games in a row yeah and that connection that understanding is is crucial and i'm i'm not too to cut it that um Tavares is the is the backup. I think he's got no, his I... talent. I think he's, he's that's what he's there for. He's got to seize his opportunity. Arteta always goes on about how the squad is together. Everyone has a part to play, and some people's part to play is that when there's an injury, you need to take the opportunity because it will be there. And I think for him, this is the this is the chance. But again, that injury to to a player like KT is going to have effect not just on the pitch, but also I think mentally, both for him and for for the rest of the team, given his leadership basically how highly he's he's regarded in, in the Arsenal leadership hierarchy.
0: Yeah it's true and I'm 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 glad you said that because he had a, a bit of a stinker yesterday. Um I actually think Gabriel and, and White actually had worse games. They they both were at fault for, for a goal each really mm-hmm. um, you know and, and I'm glad you said that because whilst I think Nuno Tavares had some really dodgy games I think we all can remember the exciting times that we had with him. Um I think the difficulty comes in the balance, like when we have Tommy Yasu, he becomes that almost third centre-back at points, comes back, allows Tierney to push up. When Cedric's there, Tierney comes back a bit, and he was the one that almost plays that left-sided centre-back instead, so it's kind of that security there. When you have Nuno Tavares and Cedric, yeah, it's, it's two very attacking fullbacks, and you're going to ask one of them to be one of those slightly more defensive ones, and I like Cedric's, frankly not up to it. Um I think he's been fine but I think he's also been allowed to be fine. Um and, sure. and, and Tavares potentially has, has 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 got flaws at the back which is fine for a young defender and um I guess in the future in, in the next few games at least is it's going to be how we create that balance and hopefully uh, well actually no there's some some Tommy Assey you news coming out is that Tommy Assey is not going to be back for um until well after some of the most important games um uh, I think april' well, what was the, April sixteenth I think so he's missing like four or five more games and that's just back to training so oh, and he've been out for a long time. so and you know we're all waiting on the party news. we know Tierney's out for for a very long time, but that's a serious core and I think what's important there is that it's not just that's not just um good quality some of our best players. that's our experienced players really mm-hmm. um which which i yeah, think exactly right mm, it might it might be the more the more worrying thing. Um, So, so what did you make of Tavares generally, or or actually let's maybe even start at the back and we can go through some of the goals, like from a defensive standpoint, some of the, some of the decision-making was really strange. Um, You know, you know, we look, we talk about the first goal perhaps, and just, it's such, you find it was just such a nothing ball. And, you know, I think the lack of commitment to winning the duel, the kind of, I don't even think it was the positioning. Yeah, um, no. what, do you,
1: what do you think it was? No, it's a good question. And it's, you know, I remember um, Gabriel got a new haircut. And I think there was something, you know, after I saw that first goal, that if he still had his longer hair, that ball would have just gone that little bit further <laughs> and <laughs> would have just missed that that man. I mean, it yeah, was also, yeah. it was a lucky goal in that sense. I could skim Gabriel's head and it just hit... Uh, I think it was Anderson just in the face. And then that, the part that the, the ball hit just happened to be angled perfectly for, for their striker. Yeah. And I think that maybe Gabriel stepped up a bit too too far. And as a result, uh, just, just missed the header because that's that's sort of how it has to have happened. Um, and I think, I think you're right in terms of positioning that it just wasn't there for, for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and then when you just get that kind of luck, then they put it away. That, that's how it goes. Um, whether it's maybe communication I don't think it was a ball that Ramsdale could have come for, no ways no. Um, through all of that uh, those defenders as well, so I think it must, it must have just been, been positioning in in that sense
0: Yeah, because it, it, it was a good ball, like it was fine, but it was a very floaty like a good defender clears that, or at least gets something on it and clears the pressure away, and I think Gabriel a couple of weeks ago would have done that, I mean, how much influence do you think him having a baby in this last week has, has, has affected him?
1: oh goodness yeah Yeah, that's a that's a good point um i would think if it didn't affect him i would be very surprised yeah i think this is a life-changing moment and something that you now have to consider you know whatever you do um especially with a young baby and so i think if there must have been something in terms of tired like tiredness i i presume you know having chatted to to my parents that they're not going to get lots of sleep um yeah. him him and his and his partners so i think it's definitely gonna affect him in some way and it's a it's a new normal in that sense he's gonna to have to adjust he's gonna to have to build that into his routine and maybe that just affected him slightly i'm sure um if you ask him he's going to be all about the profession he's going to sit focus on the game but you can't blame him for for having that kind of possibility that he be focused on something else um i would like yeah. to think that maybe maybe something else was, was there but if that was the reason whether gabriel notices it notices it or not i think that's that's completely natural and just unfortunate timing in that sense
0: yeah yeah and you know it's come at time as an international break and that's happening i can imagine he hasn't got too much sleep he's a young guy man like you know he's, he's yeah. like, it's to, for that all to happen very quickly and i think i'm i'm, I'm um, you know, i wouldn't wouldn't blame him at all if it was affecting him i suppose but it look it, it hadn't affected on the night he looked a bit erratic and and that's not something i've seen in gabriel too long a time, particularly when it was a couple of times. You know, he's had his moments, but um, all in all, he's probably been our best defender all season. So it was quite disappointing. But um, yeah, the, the next goal was very similar. And, you know, I it, oh, I didn't feel like Palace were actually offering that much. It just felt like it was kind of a momentum of the game. Um, yep. like they, they were really strong and really good and they were set out to stop us playing, which was so effective and so fantastic. I think Vieira's done a great job. Like, they basically probably realised that the wingbacks were doing nothing because they weren't quite up to it. Um, they stuck a couple of players on party. realised everything really goes through him if we can't go wide properly. Um, and it completely corrupted the way we played. I think party got under it. I think the crowd sensed everything. And I think the more that happened, the more we struggled to get it back with physicality. And I think the more they enjoyed it. And um, I think it was just one of those things that was more quantifiable by every minute that passed and every you know, every pass that went um went astray. um and then you know the second goal pops up where he's just kind of again like quite an incisive but almost like a very, very defendable ball um up towards ben white's man. um and uh, and and Gabrielle flies out out of absolutely nowhere, creating this unbelievably big gap. and it, you know he's it's a, it's a great finish. so again, a bit of sloppiness.
1: Yep, and I think that's exactly right. When I saw that goal, there, there was something that sparked inside of me that said, if that was, and as we've mentioned, if that was Gabriel two weeks ago, I don't think he would have done that. Mm. I think that would have been Ben White's ball. He would have shouted at him something, and then that attack comes to nothing, and then we go from there. Yeah. Um, as you said, Vieira's game plan was, was exactly spot on, and, and it shows that any team uh, can have an exact game plan where if the opposition enacts it uh, properly, Mm. Then it's gonna it's gonna completely shut down our, our style of play. So I think, you know, when when you've got that game plan set up, and then you make a mistake, you're only setting yourself up for for more failure.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely how it felt. And um, uh, you know, but I mean, that was two 0 and it, you, <sighs> away at Palace, that's a that's a that's a difficult score line to overcome, and it obviously proved it. But um, so well, we had a couple of chances. You know, I think there was that Emile Smith Rowe chance, um, the okay. Odegaard chance that you know and. Even a couple of penalty shouts. To to, to be fair, n- neither of which I'm overly convinced were 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 near the near 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 it or anything like it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think sometimes when we we've, we've been talking about penalties recently, I think it's been like well, we've won, so this is something to complain about. But um, mm-hmm. just because it's been quite uh, inconsistent refereeing, but I do think that like this lost, it kind of like the Everton one, like. We didn't deserve to complain. We, we we weren't good enough to sort of merit that. But you yeah. know, thing any of these chances go in a penalty claim here, like it changes anything. And you know, I th- I think we're getting in positions to do so. But then, obviously, after Merton, Merton Odegaard's goes chance, you know, he, he he does give away a penalty. Um, thoughts on it?
1: Yeah. So. Um... It it was definitely a penalty for them. Um, I saw it, and and to be completely transparent, Martin Odegaard is, is my favourite Arsenal player. And When I saw that, I'm like, no, nah, jeez. Yeah. First time basis, I saw like Martin, come on. Um, and then yeah, it was it was a stonewall penalty, and then that chance, you know, eight times out of ten, you put that away, and then just his right foot, um, and mm. it just goes goes completely wide. And I think that sort of summed it up. We saw Smith Rowe try to stroke it into the corner, just went straight to the goalkeeper that. Could have been a goal, and then you had the Martin Odegaard chance, and um, maybe if we were able to chuck a Pepe on at some point, maybe that could have caused some havoc. Um, but mm. again, still can't even uh, complain about about that in in the sense that we we just weren't good enough on on the day, and I think the chances that we missed we would have put away on on another day, and yesterday was was just not not our time, and we we didn't show up in in that sense. But I think I read a Martin Odegaard quote where. He said tomorrow is we, the next step starts tomorrow at the training pitch. And that's the mentality that we need. We weren't right. good enough. Fact. And that's what Arteta said. And we have to make sure that we, we're up to it next time. Where where was Pepe? I think he was ill. No, uh, he was the reason. Ill. Yeah, yeah, so he was ill, whether COVID or not, um, he wasn't yeah. able to, to make it.
0: Well, that's the other thing that we haven't even mentioned, but Saka and Emil rowe have been really ill recently. Um, and what? you know, we've got an Erdegaard coming back from um, international duty where he's always a bit iffy. Lacazette's got look lead in his boots, having just scored a hat trick at the week <laughs> this week against mm-hmm. Bentford, which is hilarious. Uh, Smith rowe has been ill. Um Party obviously got injured. But what um so, so so again, there's mitigating factors here, which is fine when you can put it into context, but actually the grander scheme of things it, it becomes a bit more worrying given the time of the season and the injuries around it. So, um what, what did you think of the substitutions in that sense? Because I guess a a bit of a shout out to Swanson, um, uh, Flores, and um, Ogunbo, um, who I know uh, obviously were, were, were being called up for the first time, which is a great experience for them. But that it did leave us a bit dry on on the uh, on the bench, I must say. We, you know, the, there's three kid kids there, and then you've got Martinelli, who's obviously a great sub to have. You've got Inquietia, who we all know about El Nenny, which who hasn't played in. Like, can't remember the last time we played. Sambi, who again has been, I think, a little bit mismanaged. I think he should have played a bit more. And then Holding, who comes on for a certain job. And then Leno. So there wasn't a lot off the bench. And actually, in comparison to them, you know, they had Penteke, Eduard,
1: Eze. Uh, yeah, good players. Exactly right. And yeah. it showed the, the need to to strengthen forward. Yeah. yeah. So, it showed the need to strengthen when when mm. we get there, um, get to the summer. And we put gabriel martinelli on straight away and i think that was the, the signal of intent to really get the game going because martinelli always runs and, and absolutely you know runs like his life depends on it so yeah. we put him on you know what you're going to get and then i quite like Lokonga when he came on i haven't been seeing him for a long time but i do acknowledge that his role is not to start every game just yet it's to provide competition it's to learn and then to take on that role mm. so i found that when i saw him I, I quite liked what he was doing he can play those three passes um and then i'm sort of resigned now to seeing eddie go in the summer so any minutes he gets is is great but i have to say that he doesn't inspire confidence in me to to change the game even though he has in the past um to mm-hmm. bring on the sub i would rather see i would expect more of a game changer to come from martinelli rather than than eddie just because i don't think our system is, is suited to him as how he plays Mm. um I don't think he's able to or he doesn't even prefer to drop down and play the ball and link with the attackers in that sense like Lacazette does he's a fox in the box he's got that sixth sense but we're not really taking advantage of that system doesn't prioritize that in that sense so I agree I think when as you say when we're looking at that bench there there was not much apart from Martinelli that I thought that yeah, we could change the game with that substitution I think Fantastic workhorse, but you come on, you bring him on to steady the ship or to to play mm. a certain role. Um, there's more so of a, of a party rather than someone trying to to change the game. And then again, big shout outs to to those boys stepping up and and getting that first team experience because this will be super valuable for their future careers. And we hope that they'll be playing starring roles with, within the Arsenal setup.
0: Definitely, and um, you know, I think I was thinking at two 0 like get you know, this is a this is a game for Pepe. A skillful player when it's not going quite well, he's got a demon touch who can just get past the man and get us up the field a little bit. Uh, Well, either that or jump a stinker. You don't really know. But if you're two nil down, I always think it's good to get Pepe on when you're chasing a game if if, if options are are limited. Um, But they were quite aggressive substitutions, to be fair. I mean, you know, as as aggressive as you could be. But, you know, they took off both fullbacks by the 66th minute for strikers, um, which is. It's something we're starting yeah. to see a little bit more from him about throwing the kitchen sink, Arteta. And um, I actually think all his subs were great, and I thought the was was fantastic. Actually, when he came on, um, and and I um, I remember very well when Party was you know injured at the beginning of the season, and, and he did a fantastic job replacing him for, for for a long while. And obviously, while he's not quite up to the Party standard, which is no slight on Samby, but just you know he's much younger and he's learning. And um, I, I think there's there's definitely things to be done there. So. Um, I think there'll probably be a couple of questions on it. So I'm not sure I want to go into it, but uh, in fact, let me just check, but I'd like to sort of speak about where you see um, the balance of the squad um, and, and who you'd, you'd start to play. Um, given that we've got these injuries, uh, let's have a wee look. So I just want to make sure Well, go on. Let's, 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 let's talk about it. So, um, sure. So Tavares is is obviously back in the frame. Tierney's completely out. Tommy asley is going back. So, It feels to me like Cedric and Tavares are going to be a dangerous combination to play for various reasons. But how would you see the lineup looking for you?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And I think going back to how you mentioned that Tommy Asus just provides that perfect balance for a marauding Mm. left wing back is is exactly right. So I think Nuno Tavares is best when he's going forward and at pace because he can use both feet, jump in and out. Um, which then brings about an interesting stat where Cedric was interviewed by Sky Sports, and he's actually put in one of the most crosses per 90 minutes out of quite a few fullbacks in the Premier League, and certainly yeah. more than Tommy. Yasu. Does.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so he really gets forward, and he loves an overlap. So then you've got either Tin or Tavares having to play that sort of balanced role, and that's just mm. not that's just not them. Um, so I think definitely if, when when Tommy Yasu is back, I would love to see him playing on that right back role um i think cedric has, has done his job and i think he's deserved um to to be there having won the five last six games yeah um, and i think but i think the whole point is to have competition and i think that's exactly what you were sort of providing within the middle there with granite tucker and thomas party as well um which sort of leads me on so from the defense i i was surprised to see ramsdale back i have to say uh, yeah that that's a good point and then i sort of i was asking my dad when when we were watching so that um does an 80 percent ramsdale i don't know how fit ramsdale was i presume 100 percent but let's say he was 80 percent yeah does an 80 percent ramsdale take precedent over a hundred percent fit leno um and then you can tinker with that percentage as much as you want sort of 75 percent or 60 percent yeah um and i would have thought leno would have started and sort of kept his place um because maybe that fact is well now i've got yeah exactly right um and he he deserved to to be back and then i was i was interested to see how as soon as he's ready he gets into the team um so i think he stays in the starting lineup for me i keep the same uh the same back back lineup in terms of the center back so gabriel and uh, and benny white um Mm. i'm very interested to see when when saliba comes back how that's going to look um i'm very scared that we're going to let him go (laughs) yeah waste that talent
0: you know there's there's games to be played there and some of the you hear mixed things don't you i mean and um I think he'd slip into this team really well. I know there's there's a lot for him to learn. It looks like we're going to get Europe of some kind next season. So you'd imagine mm-hmm. there's a lot of games to play. Um, yeah, of
1: course, and that'd be
0: key. Yeah, and it really will be key. And um, uh, this is the kind of scenario where it's going to be super helpful. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was surprised to see Ramsdale back. I, I, I guess as a goalkeeper, it's slightly different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think you can you can pick things up quite easily if you've been in training and um, it's not like you need to be fit. Um but yeah, I, I I wonder if structurally <laughs> it would make sense to put Ben White on the right and put Holding at the back, <coughs> would, and then let Tavares
1: extremely... fly. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, that would be sorry uh, to interrupt. Mm. It would be it would be extremely interesting. Um, mm. And um, I wonder how comfortable Ben White is at right back. Uh, I know he's covered mm. there before, and he's done that at uh, Leeds and a little bit at Brighton i've um, done it for england at times as well yeah um but i, th- I always see him as a center back um because it reminds me of when we put callum chambers at right back who was fantastic yeah. uh and could whip in a ball and, and do great but he you just lacked that sort of dynamism a little bit of pace um something that a, that an old school hector bellerin always had and mm. i think when i think benny white with his ball playing abilities is much suited, <coughs> much suited center and yeah order to find those kinds of passes um, but as a cover, I don't, I don't think it's a bad option at all. I think Rob Holding is fantastic. And um, Micheloteta is always full of praise for him. I think he's still got like a year or two on his deal as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, you either want to see that out and, uh, and use him or try to to get some money for him. <laughs> I think he was going to Newcastle at one point. But I think that's also crucial for, for cover in, in, in that sense. So I think Benny White at right back would be good, but I think it would be almost like an option B or option C for me. I'd rather okay. see i rather see Benny in in the middle, um, and I think he links well with with the midfield of um, of Party and and Chaka. But given Party's potential injury or or, or current injury, um, I think I think seeing La Conga in there would would also be fantastic. As you say, he played really well really well yesterday.
0: Yeah, I think I think so, and and the, the reason why I think you know I think Rob Holding going in and Ben White going out right is because actually I'd expect much like Tomiyasu does, just come in that little bit and play on the inside a bit more. And, you know, that link up with Saka is going to be exceptional. And the, the the thing about Cedric and the overlapping that he does, and, and you're right with this crossing, but, you know, I've I've been to the games a couple of times and I've you know, been very close to the touchline and, and seen him and, and obviously you watch it on TV. Those crosses don't go anywhere. Like, they never land on anywhere. Well, we don't have the player in the middle, whether you think... Suarez is putting in good crosses or not, but like we don't have the players to, to hit it, you know. We've got Lacazette you know. I haven't even spoken about, well, I'm sure there's some questions. But, um, uh, you know, and it's 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 not a good thing, I think, that he's putting in crosses. I think he gets he overlaps great and and then I think makes poor decisions personally. And, um, I, again, I think he's done fine and I think he's done a, a, a good job and I and I, I think he's been a good servant to the club. And. It, I just don't think he's got the capacity, and that's fine. I, you know, no, no, slight on him. I don't think he's not trying. I don't think anything like it. So it's tough. Um, and um, all righty, look, I will, will, the overarching game. Actually, one, one more thing I did, I did want to talk about. I'm not sure if you did as well, but um, how much do you attribute this to, like, I, I look back at the Arsenal um, games and, you know, particularly the last couple of years, particularly Arteta, and it seems like we, we figure out a system, it really works. And We kind of get scouted after a couple of months and it doesn't work. And then we move on to something else. I remember obviously the back five. Uh we won the FA Cup out of it. That didn't work immediately the season after. It took us a while. We went to the with throw through the middle. Um, we moved a bit more of a four-three three now. And like we kind of go through these these phases of doing really well with a with a, you know, we even did four, four, two for a bit with a and lacazette, but um we kind of get we get figured out. And I just wonder if this is the end of this cycle, and, and and what would be next? And do you think that has a lot to attribute to it, or do you, do you think this really was just an off day?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really good question, and I think um, I think I have a feeling that Arteta's final end goal aim is is to get the team in a four um, three three. It's to likely play the Man City and eventually play play some form of false nine or, or um, a, a striker that comes comes deep and plays as a little bit of a cam and then gives wide. I think that's his ultimate aim. Uh, I think at the moment the system he was playing incorporates all the elements he wants to to play, just not like it's almost as 4 3, four, three, three as you get with the current squad without being a four-three three. Yeah. And I think that's going to carry on until he can get those players that he wants, that out-and-out striker. So Vlahovic was absolutely perfect for that kind of system um, that we were trying to get him. He was big, he's strong, he can um link the play really well and he would have been perfect for a four three three unfortunately that didn't happen yeah so to find that kind of striker that will permit that and then another central midfielder that can be a little bit more of a, of a box-to-box kind of player mm-hmm. um and so i think for now the system will, will stay the same i think the players have lauded how they now starting to get what the manager wants play in the system know how it works and then just in order to beat other teams played better or uh, we'll play it in a different way in that sense. Still the same formation, but maybe emphasise different elements. So a little bit more, as you say, of holding back on the right and um, giving more more freedom to the left with those kinds of players. Um, and I think playing the system better will sort of be our, our modus operandi going forward uh, rather than trying to change the system just at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and to be fair, as those systems those systems do progress, you, you naturally do get um, a little bit more... Um, you get more towards Arteta's dream of playing, basically just playing on the, our terms, which is not something we did in the first sort of few months he was there, uh, which is fine because that's where the squad was and now we've got more players and, and we can look at it like that. So, um, all righty, well, look, let's, let's do a quick fire um, man of the match and dick of the day. Who's, who's, who's your dick of the day?
1: Oh, dick of the day. Um, did you have one? Good question. Yeah, it's like I, I always get stumped by these. I always like nearly forget to to consider them. Um, I think Gabriel for launching in that that first that first um, that second goal even, um, and then his his sort of his uh, first goal miss header as well um, feels tough to, to give it to him with the with the circumstances that are going on. But I think yeah. he shouldn't have lunged in for for that ball for me. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Gabriel.
0: Fair play, fair play. I'm I'm gonna go uh, Steve Clark. <laughs> um, uh, playing 120 minutes of, well, 120, 180 minutes, I should say, of international football and, and you know, ruining Kian Dianney's not only club career for the next, well, at least to the end of this season, but definitely the beginning of next season as well, uh, but also some of the World Cup qualifiers. So, um, you know, two friendlies that were really well used. Cheers, Steve. Thanks very much. Thank
1: you very much. Um, um, nice, nice. Yeah, cheers, cheers, cheers. Thanks,
0: mate. Uh, and quick fire, man of the match?
1: Yeah, so my man of the match, I think we'll go... I think I'm going to go for. I think I'm going to go party. I think, despite sort of having two or three players on him, we, he was still getting the ball through, and I think he was playing, shifting the ball as as well as that was actually humanly possible with half the Crystal Palace squad on him. Uh, yes. So I'm going to give it to to party.
0: Nice. I'm going to give it to um, to Sambi. Uh, I think. It was really good to see him back. I think he he really put a shift in, and I think if, if anyone's going to be his understudy, Parsi's understudy, I think he's going to have to step up. And I thought it was really good to see him back. And I I actually do think that um, uh, we've been so wedded to this starting eleven, and, and I think rightly so, but I do think there are times where, like, we know Tierney and Lukonga, uh, sorry Tierney and Party are injury prone, and yeah. so have almost frozen them out for quite a while. Um, is going to leave them rusty for times like this, and I think we could have managed it a little bit better. And then, uh, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing with twenty twenty vision, but I'm, I'm just really happy of to course. see it back. Um, let's do a women's roundup um, before we jump on to some of the questions that people kindly sent in. So, um, we've got some great news with Leah Wimbledon becoming um, the England captain for the Euros, which is great.
1: Yeah, of course, um, it was it was fantastic to to see and. In- um yeah just before we started recording you know Toby and I were you know we were chatting about sort of the the politics about it as well because Ste- Steph horton was the England captain um and mm-hmm. then she got injured and as a result Leah Williamson stepped in and obviously the the coach liked what she saw i presume Steph is still going to be in the squad and then but Leah Williamson is now is now the England you know Lionesses captain which is fantastic to see and an absolute joy for for her for her family and also for the Arsenal the arsenal team and, and and members of staff because they they've allowed her to express herself to build her leadership through the team and to be able to play the the football that she plays and now she's um in mm-hmm. in seriously good form despite the results the recent results that we'll we'll get into i'm sure and now mm-hmm. she's able to express it on on the england pitch as well for for the country that she loves so i think she's going to be an absolute star and i think she's exactly the right captain to choose for for the english women's team
0: yeah, um, and rightly so. I mean, she's been absolutely amazing. She's she's become like kind of like quite an off the pitch leader as well. I think she does a lot of charity work. She's you know big in the media. I think she's very vocal about women's um, football and trying to bring you know younger people through as well. So I think you can see she's got leadership qualities all over the place. And I think she's probably an appointment that's probably going to last a very long time. You know, this is probably with a view to go right. Well, well, this this girl is the future, um, and and let's you know give her give her everything she deserves and I think you know be a long term captain as well. So um but um asking themselves, I mean, you know, Lord, we're ticking along, we're, we're winning games. Um it's just the Chelsea factor <laughs> who have yeah, played their games it. in hand that's now, I suppose. So so yeah, what 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 what's been what's been going on?
1: Yeah, so I think well what well, I'll start with that. and unfortunately is is the uh is the the championship to, mm. yeah to Just yeah. to which I think was a was a tough one to come across, especially because the the first goal was, was by Jill Rod, who was a former Arsenal player. And I watched her quite a lot last season. And she um was fantastic. She was in the mould of, of what Frida Monham is doing at the moment, but then she um without she actually announced on her personal Instagram first, before awesome Women's the official account announced that she moved to Wolfsburg, um, and I didn't really know the the reasons why. I didn't know if there was an opportunity or Champions League kind of things. But mm. this is sort of shown in in the result today, and then that that sort of stung a little bit that that she she scored that first goal. And it was a scrappy goal as well. Um, it could could have got cleared. It just happened to be. It just landed perfectly for for a little flick. Um, and then speaking of Leah Williamson, early earlier she. Had the worst possible feeling an, an Arsenal player could ever have, and is scoring an own goal in such a big game. Um, so I'm glad that she she's able to uh, finally get the the recognition that she that she deserves and the good news that she deserves in in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, we then uh, were, were a bit under the cosh throughout the game. Uh, there was a goal ruled out for for offside on. On their side, and then we we didn't really have maybe a little bit like the Palace game for the men's. We just weren't having our best game. Things weren't going our way. The the keeper had a fumble, which on another given day bounces just right for for Midamart to stick it in the net. Yeah, um, we hit the bar uh, with a header from from Leah. The goalkeeper then pulled off an an incredible save. I don't know, it's like David Seaman esque kind of save. I don't know how she managed to claw that out. Um, and then as a result, they finished their dinner. They just hey. were. Um they just literally put put Arsenal to bed like the professional team that that they are. Yeah. So I think, you know, from that game, we were beaten by the better team. And I think that's a good humbling factor in that we we need to get to that level to get to the stages that we we want to get to. Um and then the the subs that we that we made during that game were were also interesting because Tobin Heath, who I've I said on the, the my previous appearance on the podcast, was an yeah. impact sub. She actually started the game. Um which was which is an interesting one. Instead of Caitlin Ford, is getting a little bit more of a run in now, um, but then she was hooked off in the in the forty sixth minute um, by 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 Caitlin Ford, who links well with, with Midamar and has been in really good form. Mm. Uh, but it's interesting how that came off at uh, at the forty sixth minute. You know, Tobin has huge huge amounts of big game experience, and I think that's why why she started, but then took took off uh, taken off it at half yeah, time. And I why was feeling yeah, I have a feeling that there, Tobin isn't the strongest defensively. Um, she she's also um, very she prefers to be on her right foot as well uh, as the as the Caitlin who, who replaced her. But I think it was maybe a little bit of a balance issue. So I think Tobin cutting in on on the inside and being that little bit more attacking minded um, maybe impacted because she still you know, gets back everything defensively. But I think it's not her strong suit. Uh, so the um, the goal. I think it was um, when it was offside, she was a little bit out of position defending a corner. Um, And that happens to every player. And it's not a slight against her at all. But I think that may be factored in a little bit where you just wanted a little bit more of a slightly more defensively minded play. And I think Caitlin has, despite being a striker, has developed that side to her game. Um, And I think that also... Impacted how there was no Leah Lea in the in the squad, who I think, as i posted on on the Arsenal editor, has been an absolute anchor in this Arsenal team, and allows the centre backs to push forward, allows for defensive cover, and I think we we just didn't have that, um, and I think that played into to taking uh, Tobin off, um, yeah. and then Jordan Nobbs also then comes into it, uh, coming in late on to to replace um, Freedom Onum, and I think. Jordan is is someone that is a bit of a confidence player. I haven't seen her absolutely light up the world ever since she she got one of her most recent injuries. And it's it's been such a shame because she's such yeah. a game changer, loves the club, and she's just not been able to kick start it. Um and I think playing her on the on the wing or a little bit forward would, would be the answer to that, but she hasn't been able to get the, get the minutes in in that sense um and then we really threw like absolutely everything at wolfsburg when we put on uh nikita paris for for katie mccabe and as i've said previously um her, her pace up front her ability as in talking about her, nikita paris her ability to to yeah. it was also if I was won the the champions league with leon um has been able to has been fantastic to have in the squad but hasn't been kicking as as much and i don't think um she was able to to quite get into it so there was a penalty shout. Um, which VAR looked at, but she didn't actually make contact with the keeper when when she came into it. So unfortunately, we didn't get the call there. Um, but I think that this kind of game is just going to serve the squad even more uh, to to reach those heights that they they know they they certainly can.
0: Yeah, I mean that that was the big game, wasn't it? I mean it's it's. Um when you play against the Barcelonas or the Wolfsburgs, Leon's, you know, even Chelsea to an extent, um, although I don't want to admit it, <laughs> you kind of get humbled and you know that you're probably going to meet your match. Um, Chelsea, I suppose, less so at the moment. You know, we drew to them not too long ago. The cup final was a bit of an anomaly, but, you know. Um, so with the WSL, things are looking also a little bit different. It's We've got ourselves a bit of a Manchester City-Liverpool situation <laughs> um no, you know, exactly right it's it's super exciting
1: you're yeah you absolutely nailed it and it was a perfect response uh on on the weekend against leicester with a five0 win with Miramar questionably getting to having watched having watched the game i think she was quite lucky to get there <laughs> i think either the second or the first goal attributed to her, i think it was the second goal yeah um but then they they all count you know they all count towards the stats so i think it was a perfect response five no um, and it kept us in the running. So, for those who are familiar with the table, uh, Chelsea sit in first, uh, having played 18 games on 44 points. And Arsenal sit in second uh, with uh, 43 points, having played the same amounts of games as well. Um, so, looking at the, the fixtures as well. Um, yeah,
0: what's the fixtures looking like? I've just got them up now. So,
1: yeah, so they've got Tottenham next. Um, Tottenham twice. Why have you got Tottenham twice in four days? Because yeah, they got Tottenham twice in four days. Um, so, in that case, there could be a big upset. I think Birmingham was very, being very resolute recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that could be a little bit of an upset. But I'm seeing Tottenham, I'm seeing Manchester United. They're not going to be the easiest game for Chelsea. So, they don't have the easiest run-in. Um, whereas with with Arsenal, they've still got a bit of an easier easier time. In the sense, they've got Everton... A little bit shaky at the moment. Aston Villa, who who can be great on their day, but a little bit inconsistent. And then look at West Ham, which I think will be the most difficult game. Yeah. Okay. So, so Arsenal, looking up. You know, play for mm. exactly right. I think you can be cautiously optimistic that something could happen. There could be some shock. And then if we just continue out and out, we can definitely take this league. Um, and then within the the mix as well, we've also got the uh, Women's FA Cup against Chelsea, 17th of April, so in 12 days' time, um, where we can seriously right the wrongs of the, the last year's FA Cup final, uh, which I, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, had the privilege of, of going to Wembley to, to see, and mm. to see arguably the, the worst Arsenal women's performance I've ever watched. So, um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, we'll be able to to better to better write what we didn't do well. And I think, um, with that in mind, it'll be the perfect inspiration and perfect setup for the league as well. So I think these these two competitions will feed nicely and create a great synergy between them in terms of synergy, belief, and the sheer will to, to take and to, to take the league and also do the double with, with the cup as well.
0: I mean, it, it could, really could happen. Obviously, you got Chelsea in the cup as well. So um, anything can happen there. Who, who will they meet in the final? I don't know. Who's got the other semi-final? Yeah, that's
1: a good question.
0: Um, who's in the other? So what's the FA Women's Cup? um I mean, let's just double check because that will be interesting I mean, it's well it's man city west Ham, so that's probably man city given current form really so yeah. anything can happen um well let's see and and so well the running's gonna be very exciting um let's have a look at Arsenal. who have arsenal got next then
1: so we have got let's check so i think um it'll be double checking now It'll be the 24th of April because the international break for for women's football. Of course, it'll be Everton on the 24th of April at two o'clock. Oh so, God. yeah, that'll be that'll be an away game as well. Nice.
0: Well, look, hopefully, we've got a good good roundup there as well. And um, you know, it's it's very exciting and it's a very tense end of the season. I'd certainly recommend that, that people go go and watch it. Um, you know, really get behind the girls. So it's going to be a big one. Um, sure. So should we, should we do some questions? I would love to. I would let's love do to. it. Let's do it. So um, we've done quite a lot of Tavares. There's loads of questions about Tavares, to be honest. But let's 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 start with something else. So Kwamina um, Stewart has asked: uh, Should Pepe start ahead of Lacazette? And I guess that the the really good question within that is 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 I guess two two things: that are we do we need to look past Lacazette um, for other options, and and if so, it. Could Pepe be a bit, bit of an answer?
1: Yeah, it's it's a good question. I think Pepe would I think Pepe would be really interesting in a false nine formation. Um I think he he prefers that kind of freedom to roam around and to then take the ball, and run at players. And I think perhaps the physicality would get to him a little bit, but I think he would be would be fantastic in that position. Um but I do I don't think in the current formation that we play and what Lacazette currently offers off the ball. Uh, and outside of well, how he scores goals, when, when the sort of the fewer times he's done recently, I think Pepe isn't the answer in that sense. I think Lacazette gives more so than um, than just the goals, and and so does Pepe maybe in that sense. But I think Lacazette's link-up play is what's keeping him in the team, um, and I don't yeah. know if Pepe will be as keen on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's so many touches, it. doesn't he? And um, I, I'm not... Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it. Is, 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 you know, it's, it's my short answer, but it's just when and how. I'd like to see it when we're a few goals up and we've got some time to play with, but I'd actually also like to see Martinelli do that when we're a few goals up, to be honest. So um, I stylistically think that he would be quite similar to Yang in the sense I'm sure he, you he's very quick. He quit, he'd probably, whilst he would come to the ball and do his thing, He's probably got more of an inclination to run in behind, and given how we can argue to the end of the, end of the hills about how well Lacazette's done, I, I think it's very. I think he's ultimately made the team a lot better, whether he's performed well or not. I think that him being there and doing his thing um, has made us perform better, and I think he's had a shocker yesterday. I don't, I don't think he was the only one, so um, I, I would like to see other options. But you know, we're at a stage of the season. Where it's very difficult isn't it i suppose because it's every, it's such high stakes every minute counts um we can't rest mm-hmm. up for a second and, and we're gonna have to be in a comfortable position which i don't see us being in until the end of the season so um uh, two options i'd like to see both martinelli and Neil smith rowe i think they've both got the qualities to do it Even, you know he could arguably say smith rowe has the way he could come to the ball could pop pop things off quite quickly win free kicks i, I think he could do it all and he could also turn and finish um which is something like can't do at the moment of course.
1: so is that a goal scorer
0: yeah yeah exactly and um i wouldn't be against it i, I certainly wouldn't um you know and i think there's certainly value <laughs> to um to having all of our you know fab four i want to say on on the pitch but um that actually plays into <laughs> another question um which now I'm feeling is a little bit silly because I can't actually find it. Uh, and I can't quite remember <laughs> it. Uh, I can't find it. But yeah, so... Um, well, actually, yeah, no, sorry. So actually, I know what it does. So um, we've got a question to say. It's uh, In which areas do we need to strengthen our deputies to provide more squad depth? Um, and what, what what I was sort of getting at there is that the reason why I don't think I'd like to necessarily play Martinelli, millsmith Smith, Rowan... You know in the same team just because that means that Saka Odegaard, you know, Martinelli and Smith Rowe on the same team means probably Lacazette's coming on the bench. Is that I think that leaves us really limited on the bench, <laughs> you know? It's kind of yeah, like, well, this doesn't time work time. for 60 minutes, we're like, well, I'll bring Lacazette on. And to be fair, he said, if you gave it off the bench, it would have been quite good. But, but where do you think we need to improve?
1: Yeah, I think, um, like you guys mentioned in, in the last podcast, that. A striker, we definitely need at the moment um, some more squad depth there, and I think uh, in the summer, if if Eddie leaves and then let's say Lacazette leaves as well, we've got Balogun as our only out and out striker, and I think getting that sort of big name or player that we can develop in that sense who just come in and, and score goals, I think will be will be the key, and then maybe another central midfielder just to to provide a competition, maybe send uh, Mo on any um on on his way after after such a long time at, at the club even though Arteta really really enjoys him and I think he's, he's a fantastic guy maybe that's just what what we need is that spot depth a little bit more in there as well give a little bit more competition and inspiration for for Sambi um and then I wouldn't be opposed to I know there's a little bit of bit of rumors about about Gnabry and also about dibala um Dybala yeah. I think I wanted Arsenal for all the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah um But then Gennari, I wouldn't mind having as an extra option just to push Martinelli and then also give us the option, as you say, to use him in the middle and then have that sort of uh, incoming player to to hit the ground running there. So I think a striker, midfielder uh, and a winger for me. So I think defensively, like um, you guys mentioned last week, we we could have Benny White as as a right back and then Bellerin can come back and maybe leave uh, permanently. And we can have um, Benny White as a backup right back. Then you've got Cedric and Tommy Asu there. Um, and then left-back, you've got Tierney and, and Tavares covered. And then centre-backs, uh, we've got them coming out the wazoo. So I think um, from there, we will, we'll be absolutely fine. So I'd say a striker, a winger, uh, and a central midfielder.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go one step ahead and say every position apart from left-back and and right centre-back. Um, I, I, I Like, really... I don't think we've learned that much from this game, in the sense that mm-hmm. um, I think we've got twelve to thirteen really good, top 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 quality players, and uh, I I think the rest is is up isn't up to scratch. And I think we've done a good clear out, and I think that's great. Um, I think Rob Holding's going to done a good job, but and I and I really like. Mm-hmm. The, the style of which he plays, um, which is for a very specific time, and I'd happily keep him at the club, but ultimately Ben White, Benny, Benny White, his um, uh, his understudy is going to be William Saliba, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Cedric, you know, I think we need a better right-back backup, um, personally, if we're going to be challenging for any kind of cup, or if we need to, to you know, manage our squad throughout the European season. Um, Tavares, brilliant, great backup to Tierney. Um happy for him to play quite a lot, I think. You know, I think he'll we'll, we'll find out quite a lot towards the end of the season. Party and Lokonga to be fair, fine, but I think Shaka's gonna go. Um, so it's it's who we have in midfield between those two. I think um, you know, Saka, Martinelli Odegaard, um, you know, it's I think I guess we're looking at youth at the moment. I think, you know, Diablo, great shout. Um uh, and then obviously Lacazette, it looks like he, he might well go and we need two there anyway. So I think there's a hell of a lot we need to do. And I think they <laughs> know that. Um, and the, the, the names you were mentioning there, I mean, I, you know, they, these are big names, right? Um, huge names. And if we get Champions League, I think that massively, massively helps us. Um,
1: that's the so, incentive behind it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As everything. And I think whilst we, as fans, talk about it a lot, um, you know, actually... I think the players are desperate for this, right? They, you know, I, I, yesterday side it looks like they're, they're fighting for every ball. They want everything. The crowd are on their side. And look, if we look forward to the next game and if we wrap things up, I suppose, then, you know, we look at, um, we, we, we've got Brighton at home. And I think after a game like that, where you've been up against it, a Brighton at home under the lights at the Emirates is probably exactly what you need to try and get things fantastic. going. He says... Uh, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> like fighting on a good side, and it's not easy, um, but it's a great opportunity. I think is probably the best way to put it. Um, exactly right. So uh, you know, fix it, get a bit of momentum back in the team, a bit of belief, get that changing room up, and you know, the dressing room just just buzzing again. And I think we can do it. So, what are your thoughts going into
1: that? Yeah, it's exactly right, and it's that mentality. It's how we bounce back from defeat. Uh, we haven't experienced the taste of defeat in a long time, which, which I think worsens it um and then you you haven't become sensitized to it anymore so i think you feel it a little bit more so now get into it with the game against brighton under the lights of the emirates with the crowd still on on the side you know you guys commented last week that you haven't felt the emirates with the with the fans and the players as connected ever really uh up until this point so i think Building that on that connection and showing that solidarity even more with us, sticking with the team that's just lost 3-0 to Crystal Palace and then inspiring them to victory with a resounding victory uh, against Brighton would be fantastic to carry the momentum, as you say, and to also show the players that, right, we're still in this, we can still do it, it's in our hands, let's get it done. And I think this will be a fantastic opportunity to to take advantage of that and to also uh, benefit the players both both on the pitch and, and mentally off the pitch as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's a pretty really good opportunity. And I, I'm really interested to see what he does. You know, I'm like, uh, it's a really interesting scenario where both fullbacks are gone. And I think he's probably realised that it was a little bit too risky. I mean, the other thing to say is it was a last minute change. And I don't think Tavares was probably quite ready. There's loads of questions on the quality of Tavares. And I, I think the bottom line is for me is that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how we 're intelligent about how we deploy him and yep. ultimately i want to see him further up the pitch because it was electric at the beginning of the season he was just chaos he was carnage it was great fun That's it. So, so you know'm I'm, i i'm really interested to see what happens there um for sure as am i nice good well it's a it's a big game all is not lost we're still level on points with spurs with a game in hand um there's a lot of massive theory around you know, about about the level of loss and i think with a little bit of um compartmentalization and a little bit of uh perspective it could all change on, on 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 this i think it's this weekend isn't it so um hopefully we'll be speaking next week and they'll be able to look back and and, and put it all into place so um conor mate go back and, and enjoy your holiday thanks so much for coming on really really appreciate it um you know and get get yourselves back on the slopes and enjoy it
1: no my pleasure thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be back here and for for having such an interesting conversation looking forward to discussing the the three points that we get at the weekend next week absolutely
0: mate absolutely Brighton 3 Arsenal oh god no Arsenal yeah fine I didn't mean to say that I was the Arsenal 3 Brighton nil. but um, no I'll stick with it Brighton 3 Arsenal 10 how's that so um, that's That's what I like to hear love it mate absolutely love it so um, yeah thanks so much for everyone for listening as well really appreciate it and um would we'll ask one more thing actually uh if you could leave a review that would be very very kind it, it really helps us in, you know engagement all that sort of stuff and um and if it's a bad thing to say about it then just don't put anything you know any five stars only please <laughs> <laughs> no any feedback's more than welcome so thanks so much but yeah cheers connor cheers everyone for listening and we'll see you next week